Well, we may be beset by the most tragic news of 2020 yet, but we're here to talk jibberfish, aren't we, Don? Yep, back again. What's what's the what's the tragic news? Uh, we come to you just a mere hour after announced by YouTube that they will not be doing a YouTube rewind for 2020. They feel it's not oh, appropriate. Oh, how will we fucking live? <laughs> we'll just go back and watch how the previous will we ones. Live? <laughs> I think we could get a watch party going. Just like 20 people who all just all and just enjoy general internet meme culture and just go back and see just how fucked up these things have been for the last few years especially oh but you know what we can do we can play the game can you name that person and i guarantee you you never fucking can i even when they first did youtube rewind and everybody that you knew was in there you seen the, i mean i'm pretty sure phil defranco was in there you had some of the source fed guys in there i still couldn't name anybody Philly D oh, right, only that. made it through on it wasn't 2019, it was like the 2018 year. He only just got it then. He's apparently never he's never been invited until then. That was a crazy part. I'm like, really? You're not gonna bring Philly D in? But no, apparently there was some there's always some YouTube drama, like some behind the scenes management nonsense, and he never makes the cut for some reason, despite being a consistent part of most people's lives. But I, I'd be surprised if he didn't. Like, if there you've was, imagine one, that, he must have. You've got to imagine that Philly D, being probably the biggest news-based YouTuber, would get at least a spot. But nah. yeah, I think he just says too much controversial shit. I think he just talks too much about stuff that you basically don't monetize. And yeah. Because uh, the way I've heard uh, YouTube Rewind described is, it's the ad reel they sell to ad agents. They say, look at all these fun, happy, friendly young people that are just being, you know sexy and young and uh, not controversial and you can put your pepsi ad on here and i don't think you can put that on philly d's brand i just don't think nah. it works together yeah you, you definitely can't sell happy meals off the back of what's up you beautiful bastards <laughs> Sup, you beautiful bastards let's talk about child molesters being caught in nevada you know you can't really do that thing it doesn't pair well it's a it's a, it's a bad mix but yeah uh, i'm not gonna lie i hate that tagline <laughs> what one fucking hate it there's up you beautiful bastards because I watched Philly D when he was trying to introduce that, <laughs> and it was just everyone going, "Like, stop trying to make this happen, <laughs> just stop it." What was it? Before? And now he's plastering it on t-shirts and oh yeah, it's the branding thing. But what was it? he had something before, didn't he? Uh, I think it was just let's just get in it, which I thought was pretty good. He still does the let's just jump right into it. The, yeah, I like that. You don't need to add sup, you beautiful bastard. <laughs> Just nah, trying too hard, man. I like it because it guarantees with the way that some of the way that this thing is. Some people on YouTube seem to think that the swearing within the first minute demonetizes the video or guarantees it to be suppressed. So Philly D is just shooting himself in the cock every single video. But that's the thing is nobody actually really knows the the secret workings behind YouTube. Allegedly, uh, that's the way it works. Is that no one person knows it all, which seems yeah. silly, but it does mean that nobody can leak it out and then. People can just gamify their content to try and appease the algorithm. But that's what people do anyway. So it's not worked out See, quite the way you phrased that there, it does kind of sound like there's some kind of weird technical monster that's in charge of uh, YouTube and they just don't want anybody to know. They just occasionally bring in some fresh YouTubers to feed it. <laughs> that's, that explains a lot. No one knows how the YouTube machine works. It just works. We just lose a couple of youngins every year. <laughs> Every now and again, somebody walks in with a, an often-popping uh, vlogging channel and all of a sudden they disappear and you never see them again. We don't ask questions, we just continue to ignore the screaming. YouTube's a mind flare. <laughs> Straight to it the indoctrin It indoctrinates older people that can bring in younger people and then it takes their brains. Hmm. 
I'm on you, YouTube. I, I'm not using your platform anymore. <laughs> Fuck you. I don't want my mind flayed. I don't want brain scramblies. Well, if you're not going to do YouTube, you've uh, recently had your first experience with Twitch, and that was uh, with me and Jamie from Badger and Pals last night. How was that? Yeah, that was I actually quite enjoyed myself. Uh, if it were, if more than just getting to play for the two again, actually, you know, trying to take a slice of what we do here on the show and putting it out in another format with uh, Left 4 Dead being played but us as Raptors in the background was a pretty cool way to do it. Yeah. There is, for the record, a Twitch TV channel that I registered under the gibberish name. Um, it is out there. Uh, it has never done anything. So if we want it, we've got it. Um, I just ran it and yeah, grabbed it. Uh, so you can add that to our media empire, including the occasional tweets. Um, but yeah, other than that, I... Uh, yeah. What was the you were on when I was playing Left 4 Dead and the Raptor mod was I find the Raptor mod adorable. Um, it's just something a community member made and just threw it into the mix mm. on Steam. Best part is I don't know if you noticed this the tails actually work. Yeah, like the tails <laughs> the have tails, momentum. I noticed that the tails were animated. Yeah, the only way the only thing that we could find that kind of broke it for us was when you uh, put on a med kit, like you wrap the uh, the plaster or the bandage around your arm, and uh, the the raptor arm is about a tenth the size of a normal human arm for the for the game models. So it's just you hovering with a med kit over your arm. But that's the only time I find that uh, raptor mod to be kind of janky. And even then... I noticed one other thing is when you inject the... Um, what the, What is it? The uh, Adrenaline shot? Adrenaline shot, yeah. When you, you take that out, you usually shoot it into your side. Mm. You just kind of completely miss and stab it into the air behind you. Oh, nice. I, uh, yeah, oh yeah, I took an adrenaline shot, but I didn't see anyone else take it. I was like, I need to check that out. It's a fun game. I've, I've missed going back to, uh, the, like, not classics, but, you know, the close to classics. Yeah. Uh, and I yeah, think that's, yeah. given that there's fuck all coming out right now, that's what I find myself doing. Uh, occasionally I'll pick up a new indie game that I want to play, or that I'm playing a game right now called, uh, Blasphemous. It's, mm-hmm. uh, the latest in a very, very long list of pixel art games. But this one's, it's very, very difficult. Uh, it's kind of, you know, it's your typical Dark Souls lore. You've got the Penitent One and you've got the the Church of Mercy and all this shit. And he has to, you know, upgrade his sword called the Mia Culpa by stabbing goats or something. It's just very Dark Souls lore, but it's a very fun game. But apart from that, I, I just find myself going back to old games. Like I recently uh, finished uh, Spider-Man for the PS4. It's a fucking good game. All right, yeah. Are you, uh, obviously we'll talk about consoles in a bit, but obviously the real yeah. re-release for the PS5 is the Miles Morales edition, which is... Yeah, that's a, got the Miles DLC. Morales story with the remaster of the PS4 hmm. version. And a lot of people aren't happy because they changed Peter Parker's face. I did see that one, I personally yeah. don't really care. I saw personally it, don't it, really it care. just looks like a higher resolution. Um, like, they've just went back and remodeled them, and it's not that bad, but I've been seeing the comparison. Well, it, is, it is a... Totally different face, though. It's a totally different face actor. Hmm. I guess I mean, if, you, only... if you bought someone in to do the first one, and all of a sudden you say, no, we're going to remaster it, like, I can't travel across the country in coronavirus to do yeah. a, a modeling job for you guys. I've heard a few different reasons as to why they did that. One, that it was uh, the voice actor's mouth movements didn't sync up to the old face are the face uh, capture model correctly so that's why they redid it another one is that they wanted them to look younger another one is that they wanted to get an actor that looked a bit more like uh, Tom Holland mm. and you know 
Whatever, for whatever reason they had, there's nothing catastrophically wrong with the game anymore. They've just changed a couple of little things. The only thing that I find slightly weird is that this new version of Peter Parker now looks like MJ's younger brother, and that is just weird. But the problem is, Dom, you don't understand. They've changed something. Not Michael They've Jackson, Mary that. Jane. <laughs> oh my Mary God. Mary Jane Watson, not Michael Jackson, the suspected you know kid diddler. <laughs> I, I got really confused because I'm like, I didn't actually put the Michael Jackson thing together. Like... He's now just out of my brain. I quite like it that way. With the exception of the odd occasional like South Park episode where he shows up and does the hee-hee thing and then disappears again. That's all I. Th- that's the only time I come across Michael Jackson in, uh, in the wild. Actually, I was going to ask I mean, you about this because as far as like new gaming content is going, I basically haven't touched anything either. I think the only big or the only new game I've played this year is Carrion, um, which is... I got bored of Carrion after an hour and a half. I could see. I'm, I'm. I haven't actually put the hour and a half into it yet to get bored, but like I can, I can see where I'm going to enjoy this game, and I can see where it's going to frustrate the shit out of me. Um, I've put it back on my uh, hard drive. I'm going to play it for a little bit longer. Um, and we'll, I'll see how I get on with it. But that might actually be the only 2020 game I've played. So that leads us to a problem in that you and I would like to do a best of 2020. Uh, with the same rules and as last fuck year. Fuck all happened. <laughs> well, that's the thing is, like, I, I went back to re-listen to our best of 2019, and that we hit the hilarious problem of us saying, 2019 is such a horrible year. I can't believe how bad 2019 is. Holy fuck. I would suck a dick to go back to 2019 right now. I would <laughs> I, I would go back in time and take it all in. When you text me that, my reply, it still stands. I mean, every single word of my reply, I would kick the living shit out of a nun to go back to 2019. <laughs> Just kick fuck it, sister Mary Francis. Just punch fuck it. Up. Uh, I mean, the, the the best thing that's happened in twenty twenty is System of a Down came back to release a few songs to pr- to uh, promote uh, awareness of a genocide going on in uh, the Arkats region of uh, Armenia, and that's about as good as twenty twenty got. And that's uh, that's a shame. That's a real indictment on twenty twenty. But uh, yeah, when we're looking at it, we I think we came up with a rule of it had to come out. Or we had to see it in 2020 uh, for it to qualify. And I think we might just need to have our favourite thing we did or watched or whatever in 2020 and just ignore when it came out. Because, uh, yeah, I can't see anything. Like, I went looking for best movies yesterday or highest grossing movies of 2020. Top film's a Chinese film, actually, uh, called 800 Men or The 800, um, which is about 800 soldiers trapped in a weapons factory during the Japanese invasion of China. Uh, interesting. But it's it basically didn't release in the UK. It earned like 19 grand. And that's about it. And then it went back. But over there, it's the top grossing film of the year because it raised 800 million domestically or something like that. Fucking insane numbers. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty damn good. But uh, yeah, I mean, we, we joked about this. I think it was a text back and forth about the idea that Sonic might be the biggest superhero movie of the year somehow. Oh yeah, it is, because no Marvel movies came out, and Sonic is technically classed as a superhero movie for the purposes of certification or some shit like that. Mm. It's the highest grossing, uh, highest, gross, highest grossing superhero movie of 2020. Which is hilarious. Which but... is a weird sentence. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. It's it's so funny that the, the meme becomes, like, it just ascends to another level once you realise what's going on uh, with like its box office compared to everything else that came out. Um, Tenant apparently did okay. Uh, I didn't realize it was. I, I heard the initial week uh, was quite bad. Like the weekend blockbuster numbers were, yeah, not great. But it seems to have worked its way. I think back. it got something like 
of its budget of 150 million, it made back 17.7 million. On the it did weekend. not do well, but that's because no one was safely going to the cinema. <laughs> it's like, look, I like David Tennant, but I'll wait for it on Blu-ray. And his response was, no, no, you need to see it in cinemas. <laughs> it's like, no, buddy, I'm just not going out. Fuck this. I'm not what, catching David Tennant in a movie? Not David Tennant, uh, Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Uh, my bad. I, I keep... The movie Tenant. Yeah, movie Tenant by Christopher yeah. Nolan. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm... I th- yeah, I've heard by all accounts it's a damn, damn fine film, but I'm not risking going in an unair conditioned breath box for to watch a film. Yeah. I uh, I think we need to look at how we're doing best of 2020 because it's going to have a few asterisks on it. Um, and, and we just need to. Oh, and again, we're not doing a worst of. Because this year's already pretty negative. I don't think yeah, it does. Let's, let's try and keep it. Yet. Let's keep it happy. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Just off the top of my head, the only new and good game that I've played this year would probably probably be Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. Even yeah. at that, it's not a new game. There's no brand new games that I've played this year. It's a remake of a game that came out like 20 years ago. I'm afraid yeah, to look that up, actually. I don't want to look it up. I'm going to be terrified. Oh, yeah. I uh I, I was looking at what we've spent a lot of the year on and other than just, you know, watching random old movies and collecting uh like subscription services. I looked at that. Well oh, like, for me it's a uh, uh, writing an ever growing and you know wildly growing D D story because it started off as a fairly concise story and then you know, time breeds boredom, so you just want to start writing more and more and adding things to it, and you get different ideas, and all of a sudden you want to put Cthulhu in there, and then Cthulhu has to have a mecha version, and then that mecha version <laughs> has to have a child, and then all of a sudden you're fighting four Cthulhus dressed as Godzillas, and they all pilot Gundams, and everyone's looking at you going, why are you making this campaign so hard? <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be hard, I was just bored. Okay, get over it. I mean, if you beat it, you just you insta-level 20, come on. Oh, definitely. I mean, is that still the, the cap for most indie things these days? It's still level 20? Uh, level 20 per class. It's weird. Your character doesn't level up. It levels up classes. Mm. So you could get level 20, just say barbarian, then go another level, another 20 levels in monk and basically become a super saiyan. That's interesting. I, I did, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, but I was, I'm so used to like seeing your character that's level blah, and it's like five levels of this ca- this class, then five levels of that class, then ten levels of the base class. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty much how it is, except the base class is just civilian, unequipped uh-huh. to do anything. So <laughs> you can have, you know, player character, Bumbleshoot the fifth, and you can have five levels in Bard, and then you can have another 15 levels in Barbarian. I'm sticking with barbarians today, I don't know why. But then you can max out the other two classes so you can be a level 20 barbarian and a level 20 bard and be probably the most OP thing on the on the board at the time. Hmm. Oh, actually, that reminds me. Um, just thinking of uh, like things we need to talk about. We're very bad at housekeeping. Normally we'll say, oh, we'll keep an eye on this story and we'll come back to you when we get a development. And uh, we actually have yeah, a development on one of them. Uh, way back, we talked about uh, Billy Mitchell's lawsuit over uh, the King of Kong records. Uh, so he had Donkey Kong High Score, and it was being officiated by a company called Twin Galaxies, who uh, said that he wasn't doing uh, the game on the correct version of it, being that there's an arcade version and an emulator version. They think he was doing the emulator version, despite the fact Billy Mitchell apparently had a an official Nintendo representative and numerous witnesses at his record-setting uh, event, where he v- videotaped it and then sent the videotape to Twin Galaxies, 
and uh, Guinness Book of World Records. So uh, he has been stricken from the record, or he was stricken from the record a while back, and he has been uh, demanding to be put back in place because it's part of his PR. He sells himself as being one of the greatest gamers to ever live and that he should be uh, restored to his title so that you know it doesn't damage his brand because apparently he sells hot sauce now. Uh, All right. On on the back of his Donkey Kong record? Yeah, apparently apparently there's a restaurant as well, which I guess if <laughs> I mean, gotta make money somehow. Uh and I don't exactly see this guy whipping out the Fortnite gamer, uh big gamer moments. So yeah. I guess you run a restaurant and make hot sauce. But uh yeah, he's yep. been basically fighting these guys in court. Uh Twin Galaxies put in a uh anti slap uh motion into court saying that uh, Billy Mitchell's basically trying to stop them from expressing themselves and publicly participating in uh, the defence or publicly participating in discussion of a public figure. And uh, the court has said that uh, Billy Mitchell is a public figure in the gaming community and that Twin Galaxies was discussing a controversial public interest to the community. However, the lawsuit's still going forward. The only difference is that now that Billy Mitchell's been referenced as a, or recognised as a public person, he needs to uh, prove that Twin Galaxies were being actually malicious when uh, they made the statements that he'd been cheating, which is actually pretty good for them, or pretty good for Billy Mitchell, because there is evidence to suggest that uh, Twin Galaxies didn't or didn't interview multiple people who were there as witnesses. They just took the video and said, nah, you cheated, and then fucked it in the bin. So that case will actually go forward, which is uh, it's interesting. It's going to be very funny to see uh, a judge try and uh, get his head around why people give a shit about Donkey Kong records. <laughs> I just want to be the person that tries to explain the technicalities between the different... I think it's... What's it? Aim emulator? I think it may be aim emulator and, uh, and the okay. actual arcade version. Meme emulator. Meme like Multi-arcade media blah blah blah. Something. Yeah. It's it's basically... We, we're not making an arcade board for this but we got it on a USB stick. <laughs> We're using computers. They make more sense than arcade boards nowadays anyway. Yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised. I mean, I'm pretty sure you could go and buy an original arcade cabinet. But I'd hate to see the price tag. Where I, I could legitimately... You'd be surprised, actually. You would genuinely be surprised. Arcade cabinets, especially in the UK, don't go for that much. Hmm. That's an, I mean, I guess we don't have that much of an arcade culture, so maybe there's not as much demand for it nowadays. Yeah. I mean, I genuinely looked into one because I... Even to this day... I'm still obsessed with the Jurassic Park arcade game where you sat in the Jeep. The arcade cabinet had curtains and stuff going around it and you sat in the Jeep <laughs> from uh, Jurassic Park 1 and you had to shoot. It was an on-rail shooter and you had to shoot, you know, velociraptors that were chasing after you. One of the boss fights as you were driving. Somebody was driving, you were hanging out the back of the Jeep just shooting this uh, T-Rex. It was the best way to spend 50 pence pieces that, adult, that young Drum Anderson could find. And if I could find this arcade cabinet, I would be... I'd, I'd never leave the house. Never fucking leave the house. And I thought, one day, surely these are out of production, or these are out of circulation. People are people might be selling them. And I think I genuinely found one that could be in working order. It was in it was in a... somewhere in Wales or something like that, for about 500. I thought, I could. <laughs> that, so you get to the point where you're like, it's a bit absurd, but it is my childhood... <laughs> but at the same time, it's the single greatest on rails arcade experience of all time. I uh, a big fan of Time Crisis, so I will say I or not House of the Dead. So yeah, I would actually say if you could get me a game like that, 
with a light gun that doesn't suck ass, um, yeah. I would probably go for it. Yeah, I'll, I'll have all those fucking light game, light gun games. Uh, I'm actually digging out my Wii U at some point after I finish my exams so that I can replay the light gun Resident Evil games again. All right. Because those games are just fun. The first one's really fun. The second one is shaky. It's like someone has Parkinson's holding a camera. <laughs> we uh we had a, a PS2 version of a light gun or whatever the hell it was, and you just plug it into the US like the controller port for a PS2 controller, and you had to because it was supposed to be the same as Time Crisis, um you had to have like a little button underneath to, um simulate when you would go into cover and reload and stuff like that, and it was actually where the clip of a pistol would be. So you just had to have like massive hands, but like we're ten at the time. So there's like all of us just try to like use the the trigger and the the shirt or at the same time. I was so so bad. It was bright though. Like yeah, yeah I'm so glad I, I never the... kept that around. Should have kept it. Yeah, I remember all those light gun peripherals that you used to get. Oh, yeah, the, the worst Wii, word was the Wii actually called it the light gun, didn't they? Hmm? Did the Wii not actually no, the... call it the light gun? The... Uh, the Wii called it the Nintendo Zapper. Oh, <laughs> it had to be different. I remember the coolest one that I ever played. Uh, someone uh, that both, I think both of us have known for a while, but I think I've known since I was about three years old. He had one of the original Xboxes, and he had, uh, I think it was Silent Scope for the original Xbox, and this thing came with a multi-part, you had to build it yourself, sniper rifle. Right. And this thing was cool as shit. You could break it down, and it could be a pistol to play uh, Time Crisis, you could build it up again, it could be a Silent Scope. You could uh, put an attachment on there so you could shoot off screen to reload in House of the Dead. This thing was cool as fuck. I think I vaguely remember Silent Scope, and it's one of those games where it's like you're the sniper crawling into enemy territory, and you have 10 seconds to like shoot the terrorist that's holding the president's daughter, then shoot the helicopter pilot, and then do all this thing. And it would be like 30 seconds of setup with all the explanation of what you need to do, and it goes go, and it's like wait what? And you're just you're murdered instantly if you don't get it. You don't hit every single shot. It was absolutely savage and just threw you back. Yeah. Uh, I remember one level in Silent Scope. Eh, you were at the bottom of a hill and there was all these enemies advancing over the hill and they ran lightning fast. I'm talking, you know, the Flash would look at these guys and go, right, lads, slow down. <laughs> and you had to hit all of them. Well, zooming in on the scope, you had to hit all of them before they got to this point in the, on the hill where they just got cover. And there was about 12 to 13 of them and you had to just lightning reflex shoot them on you. So glad I played that on a console as opposed to the arcade because I would have spent at least fifty quid on the damn thing. Just put fifty p after fifty p <laughs> in the thing. Yeah, I I wonder about these uh, these games if they're still out there. They must be out there somewhere on like emulators. You probably yeah, could get you can one. you can emulate arcade games, but they're they're pretty janky. Uh, I'm t- the best way or the easiest way for a company like Nintendo. Or even even Sony or Microsoft to make money right now would be to just make a peripheral like the Joy-Con, like the the PlayStation VR controller or whatever the equivalent would be on an Xbox, and just release light gun games mm-hmm. that actually run in HD, 4K, whatever the fuck you want. People would buy that shit in droves. I wonder how. I mean, obviously the the main thing with the the gaming industry these days is mon- like continual money streams from accessories and microtransactions that just become an, uh, like an ambient revenue stream from a game that you release once. I wonder, how expensive is it going to be to make something like a light gun game? Something like an on-rail shooter that's just a small experience, put down five quid for it, and then run it on your Xbox. 
I wonder how much that costs and could you get your money's worth? I wonder if it's one of the things that's been ignored as a possible revenue stream. Like people say, oh, horror games are dead. And then Twitch streaming comes back or Twitch streaming shows up and then people want to watch horror movies and want to play horror mo- horror uh, games again. Yeah. I wonder. And the, the revenue must come back. I think it like gun games, when people are looking for quick, you know, 10, 15 minute games, like, ah, oh, dude, I've got, say half an hour before I head out or half an hour to kill before I go back to work or something. How 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 much time can I... I'm not going to delve into Skyrim. I've only got mm. a little bit of time. Fuck it, I'm going to throw in House of the Dead too. You know, shoot a couple of zombies and get KO'd very, very easy because those games don't fuck around. <laughs> yeah. Then I'm going to go back to work. It's all about the quick dopamine hit where you just kind of go, oh, dude, that was fun. I feel good. I'm going to go back to work. As opposed to, you know, say Breath of the Wild where you're just... The fun of that game is exploring and seeing the cool landscapes and stuff that you can see but you have to be invested in it with multiple, for multiple hours whereas say a game like Ghost Squad made by Sega which is just a quick uh, sort of special forces shooter that's going to hit that's going to scratch that it's quicker than Breath of the Wild would so I, th- I think you'd get a lot of money coming in out of uh, light gun games Actually, especially if you made the, made the the good games again ignore the peripheral mobile hear me out on this one you have it as like a VR experience, but through mobile. So like where you'll like you'll have the phone in your hands, where you look is where the the gun goes, and you fire because you don't need many controls. So you can put it on a on a screen. I sure. think you can make that work. Hmm. Interesting. If if you're listening to this podcast, and feel free to steal these ideas. Really, I just I want more games. I want more fun games out there. Yeah. Just uh, I know. just like something something new to play because the next game that will be getting delivered. Next game that I'll next new game that I'll be buying is a a Dynasty Warriors style game, which is a which is going to be a sequel to Hyrule Warriors, which was the Legend of Zelda themed sort of Musou game is what they call them. Mm. Just you know, Link, Zelda, Sheik, couple of Gorons go charging through masses of enemies and stuff. They're fun games, but once you, you get to a certain point where you've had to slice through about three thousand enemies and you've had to fight two golems and. Like, Okay, I'm gonna put this down for about a good hour or so. But they're, they're pretty fun games if you play them in small doses and with co-op. Yeah, I've seen uh, Jim Stellan's comments on them, and he just says, "Look, I love the Hyrule War or the Hyrule Wars Dynasty Warriors stuff, but I just can't play another one because it becomes the same thing in and out. And if you're not putting oh, yeah. real creative passion into it, it kind of sucks. And it just drag like you you do get to the point where you're like, man, this uh, this doesn't feel as fresh as it did when I started this like three hours ago and those games can kind of wear and tear quite quickly but if the passion's there and the characters are interesting it does make it kind of work it worth it yeah Yeah. my tongue is tied in knots today it's been great (laughs) I've spent most of the day before we sat down to record this I was writing uh, my dissertation proposal so my head is is fried (laughs) absolutely fried if I speak gibberish or end up you know Someone in otherworldly horrors because I can't speak right. You know why? Yeah, I spent most of the day. I didn't really have anything to eat. Like I've had a couple snacks here and there, but I haven't actually had a solid meal until I decided to go out and just uh, go to a local chip shop and order a fish uh, supper and then a sausage supper and then ate both because I hadn't eaten all day and I've been uh, handling bleach a lot. So yeah, uh, not exactly in the best uh, vocal capabilities. Like it's totally fucking gone. Uh, my brain is fried, but yeah, it'll be interesting tomorrow. Yeah, and I feel like shit. It's unreal. Like you're, I was sitting there going, "Oh man, this will be so good," and the, all the the stuff for the chip shop tastes amazing. 
and then you get to the end of it and you're like, you really just should stop eating these same chips. <laughs> I've had two suppers worth of this, it's not worth it. Yeah. Oh, and definitely not worth, like, sometimes people, oh, I want to just, I want to starve myself and just savour the steak that I'm going out for tonight. And you're like, eh, I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> no. You starve yourself, you're just shrinking your stomach so you can't eat more. Yeah. Um, I think there's something about when you're just cannot be fucked, you're absolutely done and you're, you're melon is just melted and you're just thinking I want something quick I don't want to have to cook and there's just something about a chippy that scratches that itch mm. like just going out and getting a, a half pizza to supper as I used to get before you know my old man's stomach decided that I can't eat cheese anymore but yeah god I know what a bag of chips <laughs> yeah we've done horrible things here we really shouldn't have said that yeah. I uh... it doesn't take much I mean as I as I do I go back and rewatch a lot of things, and since we've been in lockdown, it's gotten worse. I rewatched the chef show so many goddamn times. That was a mistake. And I'm just, it's always a mistake because you start looking about, going, I could get a bone in pork shoulder, <laughs> I could get some orange juice, some cut, I can make more whole pork. I've got a spare day. Oh, that's I've got the... four different types of cheese to make a cheese toastie that I can't eat. <laughs> that was the the one that really amazed me. I think that's one with is that the one with Bill Burr? Where he, yeah. he has Bill Burr there, he's like, right, we're gonna we're gonna make a cheese toast here. He's like, excellent, I could fucking nail this. It's like, no, 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 we're gonna use like four different types of cheese, all layered, so you get the the sequence of flavor going through the sandwich yeah. as you bite. You're like, bro, this is like five times the amount of work anyone has ever put into a cheese sandwich. Yeah, and you can tell it's a good cheese toasty because Bill Burr shuts the fuck up, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that guy could talk around getting a medal. One of the highest honours that you could get in America, and he's just still going, I'm fucking this. Boston Rage. His uh, his solo podcast is just outstanding. The fact that he's been doing it for close to a decade now, and just going off by himself in a room, it probably seems like madness, and it might actually be defi- uh, the definition that puts him in you know, the loony bin, but at the same time, <laughs> damn, it is impressive that someone can just go like that. I don't think it's uh, it's appreciated as much as it should be. I mean, I don't know if you've seen this whole thing that's been going on by, like, Twitch streamers, but there's no music on Twitch now because they're getting DMCA striked, and uh, it's getting brutal because people who could previously rely on just having music on, kind of like a, an ambient DJ type thing, just yeah. have to be a personality now. When you see how yeah. bad people struggle to just hold a conversation with themselves or with their chat, you're like, oh, wow, the, the people who actually have that skill have a genuine skill. Yeah, I remember I when I heard about this because... Uh, I, I do get asked these questions quite a bit, you know, is this legal, all that kind of shit, and my, my response is always, I'm not telling you for free, uh, but I remember <laughs> I was watching some, I was watching someone play uh, Crazy Taxi on on Twitch, and if you know the game Crazy Taxi, 50% of that experience is the fact that the soundtrack is all uh, Bad Religion and Offspring, yeah. and there's something about rallying about a place that kind of looks like a... Uh, it's near the base, probably San Francisco or something like that. Something that looks like a coastal American town in a taxi with offspring blaring in the background. You need to pick people up and drop them off to get the best score. And, you know, in the time a lot. And there's just something about that experience that the music becomes integral to it. Mm-hmm. Hearing someone play Crazy Taxi with the sound off is depressing. I, I stopped watching the stream. I just, I can't watch this. This is. It's unwatchable. How, how are you supposed to get into a game where most of the experience is the music? The hype that the music brings? Yeah, and knowing that it will be like especially up, like, bass-boosted version to give the game a bit more whack does yeah. kind of really make it a shame. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I especially when I get my taxi. That game is just iconic as shit with the music being part of that icon. <laughs> and you've just you dicks. Well, think about it. I mean, like Tony Hawk's, Tony Hawk's, the SSX games, all those like sports games are just fucked now. Yeah, I mean, Burnout Paradise is going to become a shitty game now because you can't listen to music while you drive about. You're gonna to have to realize how bad your driving is. It's gonna be an absolute yeah. nightmare. Crashing is just going to sound horrific because you're going to hear the crash. You can hear the screams of the innocent. <laughs> you're not you going to enjoy it as much as you used to. If you're riding on the bike, you're going to just hear the guy scream over and over again as he gets launched off the bike. <laughs> oh, what was the? It's bad, man. But that's the thing. It's the whole crux of this thing with Twitch is that people are saying that they're playing games and it's the relationship between you know the gamers and the and the people that made the game that this shouldn't be allowed to go ahead but at the same time if you want to play licensed music in a pub you need to get a prs license yeah it's not too dissimilar that situation mm. it's you're making money off their product using licensed music it's it's a messy messy subject but yeah and the that's... fact that it's gone this long without some kind of license is kind of amazing yeah twitch has basically managed to ignore it somehow but now it's popped into the main culture and everyone goes, oh wait, there's these group of people just playing random music that's ours legally uh, to a broadcast of people that needs certain licenses, that need certain things. So hopefully, I mean, my hope is that it is just a group of executives in the music industry who just want like a cut of Amazon. Like, we'll, we'll go away if you give us a percent of yeah. Amazon a year. <laughs> I, I'd walk away for that money. I'd, I'd settle every lawsuit ever for 1% of Amazon a year. Yeah, probably that one percent would say it for life if you got one percent of Amazon. Yeah, you getting that Bezos money? Jesus, you'd be set for life. <laughs> give give me the like the scraps off of Bezos's plate. I will live infinitely better than I am now. I'll, I'll just be happy. I, I can a normal person could live off that for probably like ten years. Oh, easily, easily. <laughs> you live well for ten years. I think that's the problem. You get to a certain point. It's like I'm used to so many thousands of uh, pounds a year. I mean, did you see the thing with uh, Dr. Dre's wife? Her, Absolutely not. Oh, she's, uh, they're divorcing and her requests for, like, uh, spousal support are insane. She's asking for, like, 100,000 a year or 100,000 a month in uh, money so that she can give it to charity every year. And he was asking for about 2 million a month in spousal support. I'm like, no. <laughs> and obviously... That's the initial offering. That's the initial uh, or the initial request. So it's obviously like they, she's highballed it so that when it comes back down, a bit, she still ends up with the fucking moon. But still, damn, it was uh, reading those was like absolutely not. She did something like 80, uh, 80 grand in entertainment a month. I'm like, who are you hiring? Yeah, <laughs> do you just have like the red hot chili peppers coming in your house every other day to just uh, like bust out the guitar? And just fuck around for a bit. That's insane amounts of money. But it's the. I mean, I'd pay that money to get the chilies to come around to my house <laughs> only if I could hit them with rotten eggs. <laughs> just, I, I think the the chilies for me are up there with Metallica, uh, Biffy Clyro, and ACDC. They all might have good songs, but they're three of the most overrated bands of all time. I was going to say, like, you got to give ACDC and Metallica the, like, the one or two good songs. That everyone kind yeah. of enjoys. Like, yeah, there's a reason everyone enjoys those. They're, they're classic. Yeah. There are ACDC songs that I enjoy, but apart from the greatest hits, I don't really know much about ACDC. No, it's, it's one and of the things. If you're looking at that back catalogue even slightly, it's, it's just not good. 
And Metallica, I think they're just a poor man's Megadeth. Ooh, controversial. I, uh, yeah, fuck them. I, I don't Come know. I, I know a little bit of Metallica. I don't know much about Megadeth, so... No, it's a, it's a it's a gap in my memory. But I, just, I was thinking of like overpriced bands that would definitely charge for uh, a monthly fee to show up at someone's house. And Red Hot Chili Peppers came to, came to mind. It yeah. always annoyed me. I never understood. Like, if this was the, uh, the early 2000s, I think I'd be getting lynched for saying that. That's akin to witchcraft. <laughs> the Chili Peppers are shit. They just were though, and nobody really said anything about it. Everyone just kind of went, oh, no, man, it's really cool. It's a really great vibe. You know, okay, what are they singing about? <laughs> I, I didn't say they were crap. You said they were crap. I love the Chili Peppers. Don't hurt me. <laughs> what was the one I did? I really pissed someone off. I said that Green Day was overrated. That almost got me shot. <laughs> I, I said that in a room full of... I said that at a Halloween party when one person was dressed as the lead singer. Ooh, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> dawned on me who it was and I was like oh your dress is the guy for Green Day man Green Day is shit and it was just everyone, everyone kind of turned on me like like remember that scene in Shaun of the Dead where they realise that they're not zombies after they do the zombie noises to get get to the pub yeah. that's what it was like <laughs> everyone just kind of like, you mean you don't like Green Day like, no American Idiot sucks balls <laughs> there's like a few good tracks on Dookie that's about it debatable but each of the room man yeah was uh, actually talking about Sean Dead. I was watching a video about uh, like the like Edgar Wright's uh, use of like classic horror influences, and I was like, I don't really like I don't know that much classic horror, but I'll see what's there. And uh, I didn't realize that there was a reference to Alfred Hitchcock's uh, The Birds, and I actually got a chance to see The Birds recently, uh, or watch at least part of it. And yeah, there is actually you know the scene where um, Sean goes to the back to like flip the light switches. And the window, uh, the back room's like walked out, and you see like a, a horde of zombies start to gather at the window, and he yeah. just pulls the curtain down. It kind of is just the shot, the way uh, the, f- the shot's framed. The, the glass window wasn't a thing, um, because that's just like not the way that that movie was set up. Um, but yeah, that that is the way that shot's designed, and the way uh, like, everything interacts with each other. That is very much based on the birds. Because uh, right. in the one with the birds, though, it's they start pecking at the door because it's all wood, and you start to see beaks come through. But it's the same shot, like perfectly aligned. I was like, oh, nice. He really did go in and just pick subtle little things that no one really would have noticed unless she's had a film degree or something like that, and just wasted your time by making YouTube videos about it. Which is uh, this seems to be the path for most people with uh, film uh, degrees these days. <laughs> Because nobody's making anything. There's no cinema like work going on. So like, well, I guess There's we could just discuss our movies. The one person I know in reality that has a film degree is now training to be a pilot. So they're they're putting that media studies degree to good use. <laughs> he's gonna just overanalyze the, uh, the the scenes at a Top Gun. He's gonna yeah. make, he's gonna make a massive career of what was that? It was Top Gun, and then there was a one in the early two thousands. I think it was called Arrow, and it was basically trying to be Top Gun but with like stealth bombers. It was total garbage. I think that that movie might have just been called Stealth. Yep, Stealth. Yep, there it is. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely Stealth. And if you think that's lazy writing... One of the subplots of it, they have an eight... It's three hotshot pilots. I think Jessica Alba was in there. (laughs) She played one of the pilots. And, you know, it was early 2000s. Height of her power, Jessica Alba. So everyone was watching that. And they, they try and beat the AI plane. And then the AI plane goes rogue and, you know, I think at one point it threatens to bomb a friendly nation. <laughs> As if it wouldn't just get shredded on entry. Like, 
the US just phones up and goes, look, we released an AI-powered stealth jet, here's the coordinates, just shoot it down. <laughs> just, this is our bad, we'll pay for the ammo, and anybody it lands on, it's fine. Our bad. <laughs> yeah, me a couple. <laughs> we'll, we'll pay you, we'll throw in 10% extra as a compliment, and let's just ignore this ever happens, shall we? If a plane's not too badly damaged, you can keep it. <laughs> How about we do it? Keep it for spare parts, it's fine, you build your own fighter jets, it's cool. Um, oh, actually, did we, I don't think we actually talked about uh, that since the last podcast there's been a US election, kind of. Yeah. And uh, yeah, by uh, looks, like a very angry tweet from Donald Trump talking about how Dominion have apparently deleted 2.7 million Trump votes nationwide. <sighs> you sure just 2.7 million people just didn't vote for you, mate? <laughs> I wonder if he genuinely doesn't realise how many people dislike him? I think he has the ego to believe everyone in America votes for him and believes in him the way that he believes in himself. Dude, what if Donald Trump just doesn't know what sarcasm is? <laughs> what if people? What if, if they explain the bleach him, thing? <laughs> what, what if uh, when he? Because you imagine Donald Trump would be the kind of guy that says, "So, what do you think of me?" You imagine if someone just goes, yeah, dude, you're tops, and turn away, turns away and just goes, wanker. <laughs> um, what if he believes the sarcastic person that just goes, yeah, dude, Donald Trump, you're a good guy. <laughs> and they don't hear them walking away going, what a dick. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, we, we watched it happen. I, I kind of watched some of the coverage. Um, I couldn't watch all of it because it did work. But I, yeah. like, you'd go away for a bit, and you'd come back, and you'd see it gradually start to turn blue in certain states. And it became... Yeah very interesting like came way further down to the like my, my calls were either a massive trump win just somehow out of nowhere massive trump rally everybody goes votes and he walks into the white house no contest whatsoever and the other one was that it would be incredibly down the wire and i didn't anticipate just how down the wire it's fucking gotten because i mean we're yeah, but it should not have been that close we're like nine, ten days away, and we, as far as I'm aware, I would still, I mean, yeah, I'm calling it, it's definitely Joe Biden, but I'd still be like half wary about celebrating just yet. Yeah. And there's a, a recount in Georgia. We know that's happening, although that was going to happen anyway. I think the margin was within about a thousand or so. So there was only like a thousand votes in it. So at that point, automatic recount. Um, but yeah, other than that, we're, for some reason, what the fuck was happening in Nevada? Or was it Nevada or Arizona? That like they were still counting like five days after. Because uh, I know Alaska. I, know. I, remember, I just remember seeing something that Trump is projected to win. Where the fuck is it? He was projected to win in Alaska? Not Pennsylvania. Alaska was Alaska. one. Yeah. Um, there, I just assume it takes a while for the battles to get there because they're fighting polar bears or some shit. So you know. Yeah. That one, like you give them a couple <laughs> extra days. But, is that uh, racist? <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I apologize. Alaska, don't send your polar bears after me. I, I do not apologise to the people of Alaska. Don't send Sarah Palin after me, alright? I'm fucking not having that. Dude, Sarah Palin, I'd love, I'd love it if Sarah Palin came back <laughs> into the, the, the social zeitgeist. There's no such thing as unlucky uh, lucky hunters, it's just unlucky animals. Oh, really? <laughs> Explain that one. <laughs> My favourite one was... Author her... of such quotes is, um, I know all about Russia because I can see it from my backyard. Excuse me? <laughs> I like the, uh, when there was the teacher strike, uh, there was a bunch of teachers went off and said, look, we're not being paid enough, we, we need proper unionising, we need everything to uh, be rewritten for teachers. And she was like, but the teacher's reward is in heaven. It's like, 
bitch, the rent is due. <laughs> we have shit to get done. What are you doing? Saying the well, it'll be fine. Like it all work out in the end. I'm like, no, it won't. Teachers shouldn't be driving an Uber. What the fuck? Oh, but yeah, the uh, Alaska was going to go. Tra- like there were some people who maybe Alaska is going to go. Like, no, have you seen the state? Like the way that place maps out, it is all Republican all the way. It was it was Republican enough to get Sarah Palin into office in the first place. There's no Democrat option up there. But they have, uh, yeah, there's a few states that are still up in the air. I want to say North Carolina finally went to Trump. Like, it was going to happen eventually. Um, I know some people from there are all very immensely disappointed by the fact that Biden couldn't flip it. And I'm sorry, but he just doesn't have the the oomph necessary to get rid of uh, one of the most uh, charismatic Republicans in decades. Which is a shame, because uh, I think we, even if... Trump doesn't win this one, he will now be the major driving force of the Republican Party for the next decade or so, as long as he wants to stay there, basically, or until something uh, throws him out. It's uh, it's going to be bad uh, for the Republicans. For the, like, the Republicans are going to be unbearable, or even more unbearable, yeah. depending on your stance, for the next no 10 years. Biden could cure cancer, he could cure COVID, he could uh, solve world hunger, or the uh, he could solve poverty in America. He could end student debt in America. He could do all those things that are just, you know, massive boons for America, no matter what Donald Trump is still going to criticize him for. Even if the the vote, not the vote, the counts do reveal that uh, Biden wins and Trump gets knocked back, he's just going to be the world's biggest critic. I mean, I don't even think... I mean, there's, the, there's obviously the joke going about that if Biden is sworn in on the inauguration day, Trump's just not going to leave. You're just going to see Trump... <laughs> about the white house wearing his house coat and you know whatever dead animal he wears on his feet uh, <laughs> just wandering about the white house going i'm not fucking leaving <laughs> fuck you just stay out my room biden <laughs> i've got some shit in there <laughs> trump, trump be like no my room my room my room no biden go <laughs> it's my room with a water, it. Mine. <laughs> hey 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 he's just squirting up <laughs> across the hallway <laughs> Of Biden giving a press release on the day of his inauguration, and Trump just sitting there with a Nerf gun shooting. <laughs> fuck you, Biden. Fuck you. <laughs> That's so good. I just like the idea of it. Like it'd still, it'd still be from like inside the building. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not even one of the, uh, not even one of the Nerf guns that just has the battery in them, so you just belt feed some bullets. He's just popping bullets, reloading. Popping bullets. <laughs> no, it's. For Trump, it has to be the sing- like that shotgun one, the one you get to hand pump every single round into the chamber. <laughs> Just bunk, bunk, bunk. You can imagine such a professional. Just take the hit and keep talking. Eventually, Kamala Harris coming and just garrot him. Just kind of take the shot, Kamala. Oh, it's uh, I I did see his speech. I've seen a couple Biden speeches since then. He seems to be all right. Uh, there was a lot of people joking about the fact that he basically seems to shut down from time to time. And I was kind of worried about him at one point because Harris came up and spoke and it was to do with uh, the well, like the Obamacare stuff, the what, Trump administration has been trying to shut it down for the last four years. Biden's going to try and bring it back and get it all sorted out, just hammer out all the kinks. And uh, Harris came up and spoke and said, this is it's too important during the pandemic, we need to sort things out. And uh, Biden, like she said, I'd like, no, I'd like to welcome... Uh, president-elect joe biden and joe biden just stood there for like five minutes well and i was like is he okay does he know he's supposed to go when his name is called <laughs> but it's like no Someone, 
fucking Biden. He's sleeping again. But the uh, it was actually because like off camera they showed, showed the wide angle and there's like uh, interns coming in removing stuff from uh, Harris's speech uh, and then like wiping down all the surfaces then bringing out stuff for Biden's speech. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, fine. COVID uh, protocols. He's not insane yet. He's fine. He just yeah. needs to be uh, need to set the table for him properly, I guess. Yeah, it's weird, man. It's an odd one, but I I can't believe how close it got. Shouldn't have been that close. I really was. I mean, I personally thought I was going to be listening to four more years of Trump. Really, just not just hating every moment of it. And uh, I'm quite happy to see that Biden got in. I know there's people who have concerns with him, and most of those concerns are pretty valid. Um, I just like I'm so glad he's gone. It, does it not feel like it's there's been a bit of a kind of general sigh of relief? Across the internet and whatever you watch, just yeah, everyone's. I think there's a mass collective fart <laughs> in America because of all the uncleansed butt cheeks. Just a wave of fart gas of people just going, "Oh, thank Christ, I can let that one go." I don't need to <laughs> worry about this guy getting rid of more rights for trans people or Got Donald EPA Trump or yeah. postal service in America. Yeah, I, I've, I've had conversations with people from the US and. There were genuine concerns, genuine fears of what happens next, but it seems like as the longer this thing runs, the less credible Trump sounds. So hopefully nothing that he's saying can be proven. Um, The fact that he keeps tweeting in all caps saying stuff like, I won by a lot, just lends to his credibility. It does seem like some absolute nonsense that goes on. Like when when a dictator like somehow loses an election in a far off country, like, Hmm, this is how like crazy people act and you see him you're like oh it's the same thing i've been doing yeah. the joke all week that uh, if america saw what was going on in america they'd have invaded america by now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to establish democracy like fuck this <laughs> it's uh it's an odd one and it's i'm so glad it's over i think we get to yeah. uh I, I don't know what happened what has happened to uh melania trump i, w- I want to know if she's okay uh, i wonder if she's I, evacuated I, yet I, I, to pay for the body doubles anymore so the body doubles have been let go uh, so maybe Melania Trump is the the tracking bracelet has been let go and she's now ran to freedom <laughs> I uh, I feel like what she does is... as she runs she's going it's time get him away from me I, I feel like divorce and then write the greatest book of all time that'd be my vote well, yeah, yeah. tell all by Melania Trump would you don't, I don't think the world would be ready for it. It would show us some shit that <laughs> Donald Trump doesn't want people to know. <laughs> he showed up to top secret security meetings with no pants on. Uh, twice. <laughs> and it wasn't pointed out for 40 minutes because no one wanted to piss him off because he looked a little bit fucked up. <laughs> oh, I, I refuse to believe that that guy... devoted to his wig. For some reason, I refuse to believe that Trump is sober. Yeah, he sounds drunk constantly. <laughs> like, the I, amount of pauses that he takes in between sentences and the amount of kind of catch breath, the kind of... Uh, the snorts, the, the sniffs. Yeah, I, I don't buy it from him. I mean, yeah, you can say that he's on Adderall, which is like just off of meth, but I look at him and I say, there's got to be something there. It can't be... That can't be him. I, if that was me, naturally, I'd be fucking terrified. In fact, no, dude, you know what it is? It's the uh, the brain slug that is his wig changing his mood <laughs> by 
slowly sapping away his intelligence. It's just making him look drunk and old and decrepit. Donald Trump isn't actually really a billionaire. He started off as just a farmer in Wyoming, but then the brain slug attached him. Tried to send him a new heights of power so that the brain slug could take over the universe. <laughs> and somehow it worked. For a long time, it really fucking worked. I've been saying this for about four years now, but no one believes me. <laughs> That's why you need to get yourself on Alex Jones. Yeah. I uh, I didn't know, by the way, he's uh, he's retiring, or he's planning to retire next year. And uh not sure how I feel about that one. going to miss him. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think we can... I think after 2020, we can let uh, old AG uh, have a have a break. Yeah. Because uh, every time he appears on... Every time he appears on Joe Rogan's podcast, I've got to wade through two, three thousand tweets on Twitter talking about how Spotify should not be giving a platform to these dicks. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the the hissy fit that seems to come out of that company every time there's someone vaguely controversial. You can't have this person. They're saying horrible things about this group and not. Let them speak. Let them speak long enough to basically well, knit the rope that hangs them, and then just yeah. publish it anyway. And you can let everyone know how much a piece of shit they are. Let them talk long enough for people to realise that he's just a fucking idiot. Yeah. (laughs) People people laugh their asses off when he says, look, I'm basically kind of retarded. That wasn't him (laughs) making a joke. He was telling you. (laughs) That was your warning. and You didn't listen. What's the other one he had? Rogan's had a few good ones recently. And uh, mostly them, mostly actually the ones with Tim Dillon. Um, But I was listening to Two Beers, One Cave a lot as well. And uh, Tim Dillon showed up there as well. Although it yeah. seems like the uh, the mass exodus from LA is actually kind of going ahead. Uh, what, are you talking about comedians leaving LA? Yeah. Uh, there's a few that are going to hold out for a little bit longer, but they've mentioned uh, Tom Segura leaving a couple times, which is interesting because that obviously takes Christina P with him. Um, can, you, can you take uh, Ari Shafir and just leave him in the Nevada desert somewhere? We don't need him anymore. He, he's there. He's there getting stoned anyway. He doesn't give a shit. Uh, but he's yeah. actually in New York, so he wouldn't really be, ex- although he might exit New York as well. Um, I actually read the back and forth between... A comedian turn around so quickly as, as towards Ari Shafir. <laughs> it was, it and happened the drug fast. The Burt Kreischer thing, I was like, yeah. You, you can't, even if it is Burt Kreischer, the guy who, you know, star of such shows as uh, Hurt Burt and uh, Danger Man Burt Kreischer, <laughs> you still can't drug that guy. That guy, that ain't cool, though. Yeah. And uh, I, I look at him and his career, and then like the Kobe thing just tanked him publicly as well. Yeah, that 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 was not cool. That when you're like, damn, that happened like 20 minutes ago, and you tweeted that. Damn, son. Yeah. I uh, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, um, actually, in basketball news, I didn't realize that. Uh, remember the the Michael Jordan Bulls documentary, uh, The Last Dance. Yeah, I remember talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's out on Blu-ray. I didn't realise that was coming out. Oh, nice one. Yeah, I might grab that. I don't know why. Uh, I've already seen it, and I know it's on Netflix, and it'll be there for a while, but ugh, I kind of want it, because apparently there's like four hours of behind-the-scenes stuff. I kind of want that. I'm, I'm, having a, I'm having a similar problem with uh, Akira, because they're releasing a 4K restoration. Shit. And I already have it on Blu-ray, and I already have it on DVD. Do I need a third copy? Think no, I think we're on the answer to that one. <laughs> I mean, if you, you say that? I think we all know the answer to that one. I think we all know you're going to get it. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's not because I'm not going through to uni three or four times a week anymore. I have some. I have more disposable income 
than I'm used to. So there's always that kind of tempering of it, trying not to go mental and buy dumb shit. Yeah, the as soon as the the money becomes there, like it's not. Well, oh yeah, I've got that. It's left over. It's it's spare cash. What yeah. can I get with that spare cash? Yeah, so I, I could buy an Apple Watch, or I could put, or I could buy a a new Xbox, or I could buy a new PS Five. But I think the way those uh, console releases went, there's no chance of people that didn't pre-order it getting one before January. I think that's when the next wave is going to come through. I think that we have. I would say there's, well, actually, we can talk about consoles if you like, because there's a bit of news about the Xbox One, but I genuinely think that if you didn't have one pre-ordered and ready to go, you would not get one um, on launch yeah, day and probably not for the first uh, week. Yeah, you're not going to be able to walk into a shop and buy one uh, unless you pre-ordered. I think you might be lucky and you get one around about Christmas time. We're talking end of November, start of December. But uh, absolutely no chance that you're going to be able to walk into Argos or Game or something like that and go, one Xbox Series X, please. They're just going to look at you and go, fucking, who do you think you are? <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the, the releases because I, I want to say there'll be plenty available for Christmas and stuff like that because it's a month away. But the way that supply chains have been going up for tech these days, I'm not exactly faithful at this point. I know there's a there's a massive waiting list for the I think it's the thirty eighty mm-hmm. GPU, and I know there's a just I, I don't know specific examples, but there's something that's been on a waiting list since uh, September trying to get one of those fucking things. Yeah, the uh, the thirty series cards have proved immensely uh, successful, especially based on the fact they're cost efficient, which is a rare thing for an Nvidia product. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think that they could easily sell out many many times over before you can actually get your hands on one and uh, yeah they've not exactly done a great job of uh like the actual distribution i did a tell you about the 3070 cards but not having like a, a capture in place to stop bots from buying it yeah you, you, i think i think we spoke about that on the last episode that there was just uh there was no proper things in place so barely anybody got one it was just bots buying them up to resell <laughs> which, which absolutely can't move <laughs> absolute galaxy brain move for anyone who's going to resell that shit but just a dick move yeah i mean even if you don't get to do the two or three times scalper price even just get it to like 150 percent yeah 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 i actually wants to get a series x scalpers can go fuck themselves i don't want to pay two thousand pounds just for the pre-order of a series x then to then to have to pay an additional 500 pounds because I'm going for the Series X. I have far too many physical discs to mm. get the Series S. So, yeah, I, I'd probably, at this point, be more value for money getting the Series X. i actually been discussing the uh, like the next generation of consoles with my brothers because, you know, we all like to game together when we can. So if we get the choice, we all try to go for the same thing. And uh, they're actually going to PC just because yeah, there's I, the overlap with the Xbox. Yeah, I, I mean, at this point, Xbox have kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit because the people can future proof their PCs and it's going to allow them to play next gen hardware for quite a while and it's going to be able to keep them going and going and going. I wouldn't say longer than the Xbox would because you can get the Xbox and that's you for 10 odd years but with Game Pass you can just bypass getting the, the console and just have Gears 5 uh, Series X edition running on your PC providing you can run what the Series X could. Yeah, it, although it does raise the question for me is 
where does the money come in from Microsoft? Because it must be through the services, right? If they're comfortable saying you don't need a console, there must be something on the software side that makes the money. And it can't be game releases just because uh, they have the Game Pass. Because in this house, we, we've we got, me, me and my brother have the games with, the Game Pass with gold. And that is about half the price of even a year of gold. I think uh, pay about 18, 19 pounds for that. Yeah. You imagine people go, holy fuck, that is good value for money. And and it comes with a PC. Dude, yeah. I'm just going to be 20 quid. And that's me, you know, pardon the pun, but quids in. Yeah. I get that on my PC. Then how many other people are going to do that? Or how many people are going to, with the Xbox, get Game Pass anyway? So you got to imagine that the the majority of the money is just coming from Game Pass because people realize that right now it is the best deal in gaming. PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus. I mean, whereas PlayStation may have the better exclusive games, because I don't think we can even dispute that at this point. Yeah, uh, definitely. PlayStation doesn't have a, ba- a good enough uh, backwards compatibility or backlog to keep up with PlayStation, or to keep up with Xbox even. But my uh, my question is, though, if that Game Pass money, that has to be being spent on the games to keep the Game Pass valid, right? Yeah. But how, I mean, unless there are millions, and I'm talking like in the range of like 20 to 30 million subscribers to their game pass how do you have that much money to throw around at game studios i genuinely think that you might be lowballing the amount of subscribers that game pass has i think 30 million people subscribe to it globally is low um okay yeah so but i mean like a certain like how high does that have to go and then to justify the amount of money you've spent to develop a game yeah because the thing I is, hope- they're doing this, and I assume walking away with a profit. Yeah. Unless game yeah, sales are still pretty high. Pay, imagine they've got to pay the studios and something. Imagine they're setting a reasonable expectation for the studios, taking a decent profit from that, but still not a massive profit, mm. and then just going round different game studios. Because you imagine indie studios. Because I imagine indie studios, they'd get quite a lot of money from Game Pass and Microsoft being the bigger company probably don't take as much, but they will go around 20, 25 ga- uh, indie studios just going, you've got a new game coming out, chuck it on our system. It's fine, just chuck it on our system, we'll be good. Yeah, I, I, I just look at games these days and outside of microtransactions, I just kind of wonder where the game money is coming from, in a sense. Like, I don't know how many subscribers they have, but, I mean, mm-hmm. do you really think there's 100 million Games Pass users out there? Not far off it, man. I, the max push I'd say is 70 I can't see it being that many without Microsoft being like we have 100 million people signed up for our service I mean it's not too far away from 100 million <laughs> yeah. I still think uh, yeah I still think there's still there's enough Game Pass subscribers because you've got to imagine it's a it's a fucking phenomenal deal for parents because they, they'll get their they get their kids the Xbox One X or the Xbox One and go, right, we've got them this, but games are fucking expensive. Oh, wait, 20 quid a month? That gets them about 300 games? Fucking brilliant, we'll get them that. And you've got to imagine more parents are doing that instead of going out and buying, what is it, fucking 50 to 60 quid games? Or 70 pounds if you're uh, getting the new new Series X and PS5 games. Oh, yeah, I forgot that they, they did warn us about that a while back and say, look, we're going to have to increase prices here. Yeah. Or you could use our uh, our, resi- our services that we have, <laughs> like the Game Pass or whatever the PlayStation has. Uh, yeah, PlayStation now sucks sucks absolute balls. <laughs> you get, oh fuck, that was an epic voice crack. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, PlayStation Now is a pile of shit. You get, I think, 20-odd games a month. So you get your PlayStation Plus games, and you get additional backlog games on PlayStation Now. I just... If you've got a PlayStation 4, chances are you already have these backlog games. Right. So PlayStation Now is just a useless. Whereas on, you know, Game Pass, you've got your back, you've got your usual games, then you've got you know, Doom Eternals on Game Pass, games like uh, Killer Instinct, games like uh, uh, Gears 5, yeah, the games that you want to play are actually on Game Pass, as opposed to games that you maybe missed because you weren't too interested in them, or games that you probably already own. Yeah. I don't see it being... I just... I just wonder where the money comes from. And I think it probably does come down to microtransactions in games. I think that's maybe where they're able to make up the gap and just say, look, we'll, we'll get your game on as many consoles as we possibly can and then you guys just have an appealing service as far as microtransaction goes and then you guys can skim all the profits from that. We just want the game. Yeah, you guys just stand there and look pretty. Yeah. <laughs> you guys wear yourself out a little bit. Are we calling Microsoft pimps? Is that what we're doing here? <laughs> <laughs> I believe that's exactly what we're doing. Uh yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Microsoft the pimps. Not the episode yeah. title as well. Fuck it. I, I have decided. Microsoft the pimps. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm not that one done actually. Um, but yeah, we. I, I look at that and like gaming right now. It's kind of stale uh, because obviously everything's been locked down due to coronavirus. Um, I actually don't know the next scheduled set of releases. I'm just really waiting on uh, Destiny's Beyond Light, which uh, we know the title of now. Thanks to last night's stream. Um, yeah. not Afterlight. Yeah, that, that, that was a stupid title. Who would possibly call it that? Um, but my uh, my guess was going to be a, a Bury the Light, but that's the name of uh, Virgil's theme from DMC Five Special Edition. And all those nuts on my head is because that's just a fucking banging song. <laughs> all the music in DMC Five is ridiculously good, and the new one for Virgil being in Special Edition is no different. <laughs> Got that shit repeat. Somebody shared with me like this really weird uh, Devil May Cry like fan made video. I hope it's fan made. It's not official, but it's like the most cringy. Like the idea that Virgil was basically the Joker before the Joker was there, like that kind of we live in a society type of thing. And I was honestly just I could not physically sit through this video. Yeah, if if you're calling Virgil the guy that cares about society, then you've completely missed the whole point of Virgil. Virgil is the biggest sing- he's the biggest lone wolf you could ever think of he is thinking about power he's thinking about himself only oh no i'm talking like in terms of that that kind of the the joker uh, as a gamer interpretation of like we live in a society that presses people uh that oh. kind of anarchist view of the world hmm. and i was like oh my god this is just horrific cringe all right uh who was the other no, one? I, don't think, I don't think i'll give it a listen but no, I don't. It's just bad. It was on a Discord, and I'm pretty sure it was like a fan-made random thing that was... The number of weird videos, I'm, I didn't think that was an, a thing that existed, um, that I find on weird Discords is amazing. Like The number of edits that people go to. Someone also just uploaded the full uh, Joker movie onto Discord as well, and that got linked around as well, like the, the Whacking Phoenix one. Alright. It's like 480p, but, you know... <laughs> if you just so good to watch it free if you're all that inclined. Yeah. If you just want to rewatch the uh the you get what you fucking deserve scene, you know, yeah, not the worst thing you could do with twenty minutes. I think that's what most people just watch that film for because the the rest of the film is quite slow. There's not a lot, not a lot that happens in it. It's just a lot of personal moments for uh, Arthur. And you get the big payoff at the end of it. 
Yeah, and uh, actually, although we talk about it being a slow movie, I actually found a video of someone who watched it like twenty five percent speed, just so he could soak in all the details of all the frame. And uh, I didn't notice there was a countdown going on. If you look yeah. at like random scenes, like key pivotal scenes for the Joker, you can see it counting down from ten to one. And uh, the one is when he reveals himself as being the Joker. I'm like, it's one of those things like they just hit it in every every frame, but you can see a number going from ten to one. You're like, oh, okay, that's kind of impressive. Um, just one of those things that someone put a lot of time into building this. Because um, like the the camera that zooms in just before he shoots Murray is number three, and then there's two, and then there's uh, it's Ace for the for the one, just because they couldn't find a way to get the one there, so they just something like somewhere in the background you see the word Ace. Um, I go, oh shit, <laughs> you sneaky bastard, Todd Phillips. I love you. I actually need to rewatch that movie. That's probably, I suppose, because you know, before you do something stupid, take a breath, count to 10, that kind of thing. So, hmm, yeah, I mean, uh, we could sit here all night and try and analyze the nuances of the Joker movie, and I think it probably would take us till well into the wee hours of the morning. Yeah, we watched that film again, it was a fucking great film. Yeah, I'm immediately in the same headspace. I'm like, I really want to rewatch that now. Go back to it. I actually yeah. think I might have one of my, or one of the like best films for 2020 due on my watch list. Um, I maybe haven't seen 1917 yet. I don't think I've actually sat and watched the whole thing. Um, I think I've seen most of the behind the, the scenes stuff, but that came out in 2020. So pretty strong odds that it goes in with the recency bias to become my best film of 2020. Uh, two films kind of popped up on uh, my uh, hurry to watch list, and that is uh, the Lighthouse. Yes, by, uh, the same guy that made the the Witch. And uh, I was kind of hesitant to watch the film because I did not like the Witch. I was bored by the Witch. But then uh, I've seen some of the scenes from the Lighthouse, and I thought, you know what, this film does look completely different for the Witch. I might give it a watch. So yeah, That's... picking up a copy of that tomorrow. And uh, fuck, there was another film. Parasite, yeah, I still need to watch that film. Ooh, I think I need to find out where my Blu-ray for that is. Someone's got it. Someone in my family has it. Um, but yeah, I... I, mean, I need to pick up some things tomorrow, so I probably will just... I need to go through to Edinburgh, because we're still having on-campus lectures, which is fucking weird, despite the fact that there's there's another lockdown coming, I'm telling you. <laughs> Can I talk about my COVID-8 story yet? I've been choking to talk about that one. Oh yeah, go for it, yeah. We... we, we did. Dom promised me a story about someone uh, who has a very special take on the coronavirus. And yeah, I might as yeah. well go for it. This was this was a painful story to sit and watch. Painful not in the sense that it was just sheer stupidity, because it wasn't indeed sheer stupidity. Painful in the fact that I had to stop myself from laughing slash bailing out on this motherfucker. But uh, I've, been, I've been having a lot of problems with my ear so I, I went down to the chemist to get some uh, eardrops it's all been cleared up now but when I was waiting in the queue for the woman to process my prescription and get me my medication there there was two women talking as you usually do two you know mums just about to go on the school run and uh, they were over here and she's like aye we're going back into lockdown that's what they're saying aye that's what they're saying you get my sister my sister aye she works for the Works for the emergency service, and you can. They've got to be told when the lockdowns are coming. Aye, 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 all that shit. And she goes, "Yeah, you can. We've got a, we've got a vaccine coming." She goes, "No, I've not got a vaccine." She says, "I'll not be getting it though." I says, "I says I'll not be getting it because, because uh, uh, this new end, they're going to put stuff in it that changes your DNA." And 
I like this current government, but I'm not changing my DNA for fucking anybody. <laughs> my eyes are staring at my head. I'm glad I had the mask on because you would have seen dribbles of blood while I was biting my lip trying not to say anything. Like, I can't even begin to talk about how many things are wrong with that sentence. Like, how powerful the medication would need to be for it to change your DNA. That is amazing. That she was talking to just accepted it. She went, aye, it's not worth it, is it? <laughs> oh, aye, so well, aye. Just that kind of general nod along that you have with people in a conversation. That's so... Oh. It's like, I'm, I'm worried about COVID, but I'm not wanting my DNA changed. I like having <laughs> 10 fingers. I'm not wanting one less finger. That's just that's just a waste of a Sunday to me. I'm off them finding a cure, but I don't know where to wake up with lizard skin. Seems a bit much to cure the virus. <laughs> like, I'm not wanting gills. That's what I'm saying. I'm not wanting gills. Oh, fucking hell. That's so... <laughs> bad. And it, you know when you, you have to excuse yourself to go and, you know, just do something to keep yourself busy. Like the only time I've ever had to excuse me to move from where I was standing to go and do something to keep myself busy. It was when I watched, uh, fuck what film was it? I think it was Taken 3, the worst film I've seen of that, that age. So fucking awful with the bagels and shit. I think I had to just shift in my seat, pull up my phone and just check things and just start critiquing the cinema room that we were in. Because the film was that bad, I'm like, I can't focus on this. If I do, I'm going to go mental. <laughs> I would rather focus on the decor than the actual film itself. Yeah, I'd rather focus on where the air conditioning is hitting me. I had <laughs> to do that at the chemist. I started walking towards the back of the chemist and having a look at the aftershaves because this woman's nonsense was getting too strong. I just, I, I just worry. I, I'm she, concerned that, I mean, she's out there, she's, I mean, we're assuming that she's a mother, right? I mean... She's bred and had kids. Yeah, she she um, was holding her keys in the typical mum fashion, just on the end of the index finger, just dangling off them. <laughs> I'm, I'm mostly just worried that not only has she had the kid, but she then influences that child and now are the children. And there might be now more than one of her brain running around in the world. That someone else <laughs> is out there. Similar thought processes out there in existence. It's this thing is, as a parent, you pass on the logic, the understanding, the knowledge that you've gained in your life to the kids so that they don't have to put in the effort to learn it to make their lives easier. She's going to pass on that. <laughs> oh, we're so fucked. Her <laughs> daughter is going to be that one who appears on a TV show. I'll just say whatever the future version of Lorraine Kelly is. <laughs> there will be a Lorraine Kelly because they're just going to take her head, put it in a jar and put that in a robot body and just have her continually host... Uh, mid-afternoon TV, she's going to be on the, the future version of the Lorraine Kelly show and Lorraine Kelly's going to look at her and go, so, you cut your own hair, do you? And she's going to reply, yeah, I cut my own hair, I put it in a burlap sack and I burn it out the back because I'm not wanting the government getting my information. <laughs> That's uh, how they get it, man. I, I, I burn all my hair, all my, all my candles, I made up my own earwax because they're not getting that DNA. <laughs> She just entirely like she accidentally becomes a very very self sufficient person, becomes an ecological model. Like we need to try and like figure out how she lives that way so that we can do it ourselves and save the environment. But she did it the entirely the wrong way. So why do you grow your own potatoes? Because they get your DNA off crisp packets. <laughs> I've saw CSI. I'm all about it. <laughs> oh fucking hell. I I worry, I weep, I have concern, and I just, 
I don't know how we fix that. I really, when you hear someone say something like that, you think there's got to be a way we can get to that person, sit down with them, and explain what's going on. But I think it lends, it leans into the uh, the idea of like the conspiracy theory that like if you get to a certain point, your your theory becomes so grand and all encompassing that everything that you can present as a normal person to a theorist becomes part of that conspiracy and they can find a way to explain it all and i've said this about like the uh the flat earthers like i genuinely think joe public could not dismantle the flat earther debate just because you don't know enough about their ideas to take them apart and i no, think it might be the same issue i think because you t- i mean how many times have you been in a shop or something and someone said something just so dumb and so outrageous. Now the person's just going, is that right? I am going to look that up when I go home. No <laughs> one wants to admit that the other person is wrong because that's that's bad form in public. That, that's impolite. That's, that's not to be done. Yeah. I, public. I, I just, this is the reason I wear headphones all the time. Always wearing headphones. But then you're just left with uh, like people who just aren't, you don't know the context or why they're not moving, which I guess might be the one drawback. But yeah, I uh, I just wear headphones all the time. I just ignore other people. I genuinely don't pay that much attention to anyone who isn't like someone I work with. I pay attention to those people because obviously I have to. But beyond that, if I'm just walking around in the shops, I just ignore 99% of people that I ever come across. The 1% exception being the old lady who's like, hey, can you get this off the top shelf for me? Because I'm tiny and old. I mean, I never get that because, you know, can't quite reach the, the top shelf yet <laughs> you're a grown boy dumb you'll get there eventually it's fine <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm never i'm never that guy that someone's gonna come and say oh could you get me that off the back of that top shelf i mean if it was at the front i could maybe shimmy it down but <laughs> I'm never that guy that has to, i could scale up there like fucking spider-man <laughs> but I'm, I'm never that guy that someone says get that from the top shelf no i i got that and that's the the, the interesting part is that People really want to try and follow the coronavirus restrictions and the like social distancing, but then when they need to get your attention, they grab your arm. And you're like, mm, <laughs> that's uh, you're not supposed to do that, but okay, like you can just wave for me. I'll maybe pay attention. If someone is waving at you that you don't know, I generally try and pay attention to that person. They generally want to do something or have something to say that I generally try and pay attention to. Oh, uh, don't, I've never had anyone tap me in the arm, but uh, I have had someone uh, poke me in the side of the on the cheek with a back scratcher because they wanted to get my attention <laughs> did you then shove that back scratcher up their ass no they just prodded me in the side of the cheek and i just turned around and went can i help you and they went your bag's open <laughs> you could have just told me that my bag was open i just got off the train this woman followed me from outside the haymarket to where the bus stop is and she's just kind of at the, at the uh, traffic lights i was pushing the button to cross over and i just feel this prod <laughs> in my cheek and some women go your bag's open by the way you meet the worst I'm people I, yeah I mean freaks in Edinburgh <laughs> absolute freaks <laughs> oh I uh we, we I joked about that yesterday on the stream I, but... uh, I don't know if I ever told you about the time when I was in Edinburgh and some woman went off or nut at me in a Starbucks um I think I remember something about Starbucks but refresh my memory it, what happened was, because uh, I quite like iced tea, uh, you can drink an iced tea quicker than you can down scalding hot tea. Yeah. Uh, went, ordered my iced tea, and uh, well, I went up, 
finally my turn to count. They call me forward and say, what can I get you? And I say, oh, can I get a lemon iced tea? And from behind me, I hear this woman just go, motherfucking white male, and storm out of Starbucks. <laughs> and I just, I, I turned to the woman that was behind her and went, I didn't deserve that, did I? She went, I wasn't paying attention. I was like, not pay attention to that. But yeah, I meet some weirdos when I go through Edinburgh. I like the idea of being so engrossed in your phone that you're like, well. <laughs> you don't pay attention to the hysterical person just storming out of the Starbucks. <laughs> Although, love, uh, the only better response other than, uh, is, where? <laughs> As if they didn't see and they're like, where are they? Just karate moves, ready to go. <laughs> oh, that's so fucking bad. <laughs> I, uh, no, I, I generally am amazed at the people you run into in Edinburgh and I never meet these people. Or if I do, I just like blast right past them and just ignore them. Yeah. I think it's because you, you're you about six foot odd or something, six one maybe. Six. I'm just six yeah. on the dot. Yeah, you're about six foot tall and you're usually you know, you're quite a bit bigger than I am. People just, and, and you're bald as well. Yeah, I'm bald and I'm moving. I think that's the difference. Yeah. yeah. You automatically can always look a bit angrier when you don't have hair. So, <laughs> just go, no, I'm not going to talk to this guy. But me, I'm, I'm shorter. I've got the grey hair. People just can assume that I remind them of their dad and be like, oh, dude, I could sit and talk to my dad for hours. I'm going to talk to this guy. And next thing you know, I'm stuck for 45 minutes listening to someone talk about the economical and spiritual advantages of being vegan. And I'm trying to come up with excuses as to how to get out of this. Usually I just fake a phone call. <laughs> Oh, I, I actually, I, I do have the natural skill going on, like the, the eyebrows are always dent, like dented down um, to the point where I was at my, my brother's wedding, uh, he was now married for a whole 12 days, um, yeah, he was on the, uh, yeah, I passed on the congratulations boy, um, and everyone who's like, oh my god, it's finally happened, like, yeah, finally is the exact word, because um, they've been together for a couple of years now, and they're just a great match, so being at the wedding was a real privilege and honour, Um but the second I stepped out of the car, because uh, we dropped off by taxi uh, at the venue, everyone assumed I was a hitman. And I was like, wait, what? Because <laughs> <laughs> I step out with a suit. I'm never in a suit. I'm bald. I've got the... Uh, I, I don't wear a mask. I have the like the, the, the snood, the, the kind of half balaclava. Mm. So I step out of a car like that, and everyone went, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, that's fucking weird as well. Going to a wedding and just seeing everyone in masks. Yeah, it was it was a little odd, but uh, it was. I mean, it, we were making the best of the day. I think that was when uh, I talked to the, the bride Lucy, who uh, was fucking nailing it in a proper full white wedding dress and white Doc Martens. Respect. Nice. Um, and well, this thing is like, yeah, she she wanted to get dressed up for the big day, but girly girl, you can't really be a horsey girl and a girly girl. You know, there's got to be an element of pragmatic uh, dress sense there. So they, um, they had the, the big day, but they were saying, look, we're, we're just going to have to make do with who we can who we can get there with like a limited roster of people there. And if it's not everyone, yeah, it's a shame, but we want to just have this day with family and friends. So it was the uh, arguably highlight of 2020. I don't think it's better than that. Family yeah. wedding. I can imagine amidst all the being stuck inside for six months and boredom and shit. Yeah, I can imagine a wedding. It's got to be a hell of a, a mood booster. Yeah, and that was the thing. You you walked out that day going, oh yeah, that was uh, that was a, that was a genuinely great day. And yeah. uh, like it's it's that thing is a wedding isn't about 
the past is more about the future. Like, this is the start of the rest of their lives, which is interesting. Yeah. yeah. All the best to... We could say names, or should I just call it Brother Graham? Uh, yeah, go first name. Yeah, all the best to Mike and Lucy. Correct. Good guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, although it did immediately go sideways in the in the evening uh, when we found out about the passing of Sean Connery. All right. Because we were sat around uh, like watching a movie because can't really do much. We're trying to like, limit social groups and stuff like that, and um, we were kind of sitting waiting for something to happen. We're watching uh, Crawl. The uh, the hurricane alligator movie that came out a couple of years ago, not great. No. Wouldn't recommend. Yeah, uh, doesn't sound great. <laughs> bad CGI, bad alligator logic. I'm sorry. At one point, a what fifty kilo skinny swimming girl managed to kick an alligator in the head so hard it lets go over. But no, no. <laughs> Gators and yeah. crocodiles take hits from zebras and water buffalo all the fucking time and do not let go. Chloe is not dislodging an alligator. Fuck off. <laughs> but uh, I, I went in on the movie. Uh, my brother went in on the alligator facts because he's just become an alligator expert for no fucking reason during lockdown. Uh, he's just fascinated by alligators. Got to keep yourself busy during lockdown. Yeah, some, some people do. Yeah. Out in it. Other people learn how to cook. Some people become uh, experts in alligators. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, we, we were going in on that. I'm like... He popped up to like grab some stuff uh, and go back down to his place, and as he was standing there, we just like my mom has the like Google alerts uh, for like news stuff coming up on her phone. And she was ding, mom picking up her phone. Oh shit, Sean Connery's dead. <laughs> She's like, oh what? <laughs> it's absolutely fucking ruined the day. But at the same time, like, see, like the reaction, like the pacing and timing. Like my mom clearly just reading the headline of just Sean Connery's dead and just the oh shit. That rang through the house was amazing. It's uh yeah, it's, it's a weird one actually. I saw the uh, talk without rhythm. Uh, El Gore has put out his uh, tribute episode of watching Hunt for Red October and The Untouchables. Which... I mean, Hunt, Hunt for Red October is a spectacular movie. Uh, one reason, just that the movie itself is actually genuinely good. It's kind of an acting masterclass from I think Alec Baldwin is in there. Yep, he's in there. Yeah, Alec Baldwin, Sean Connery, all concerned. But it's also an accent masterclass because Sean Connery puts on the single best Russian accent you will ever hear. Doshvidanya. pass me my lasagna. Oh, it's... I, I... Oh, thank you for doing that line as I was trying to drink, take a drink of water. <laughs> How's that monitor looking? <laughs> uh, it's... Uh, uh, I'm looking forward. To, I've seen the Untouchables. Um, I didn't realize that the same guy who directed the Untouchables also directed Carrie. Like, if you uh, look at the, the only, I was going to say the first one, but the only good one. Yeah, the the only one. Yeah. Do do we have an understanding though? Do we? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but Brian De Palma. Yeah. Uh, like, if you look at his career, you're like, God damn, it is just nonstop bangers. Yeah, Brian. Brian, you say Brian De Palma. Brian De Palma. Yeah. He he just kind of hit it out of the park with good film after good film. I think then he had the good grace to just stop. Mm. Uh, Untouchables, Dressed Kill, Body Double, Femme Fatale. I mean, he has some new stuff coming out, but I think he went into, like, uh, with the way um, El Gore put it, is it's the kind of 
genre films, like the horror films, the sci-fi stuff. Also, he directed Mission Impossible. What the fuck? First one? Yeah. That's Brian De Palma. Yeah, only good one. Yeah. I, you, you watch it, you're like, I can't believe how much stuff this guy has managed to pull off. Hmm. It's insane. Like, Scarface, Carlito's Way, Mission Impossible, the fact that all that comes out of one person. Yeah. I acknowledge the feat inherent in Scarface, but I... I'm going to catch flack for this, but I think Scarface is probably the most overrated film of all time. Hmm. Right, that's it. If we can't do Best of 2020, do you think we could do the most overrated of each genre? Yeah, I think we could. I think we could do it. I think we could pull off. (laughs) What is it? I was just, yeah, easily we could do that. Just talk about how overrated she is. <laughs> I think that'll be our... Uh, we'll do April Fool's. Can we do April Fool's jokes? Just overrated bullshit. Because uh, I, I, I'd love to see... Jokes, we could just do shit that I'm sick of hearing. Like <laughs> Capcom announcing, you know, here's a new Mega Man game that you've all been waiting for for years. Ah, psych, you fucking thought, scrub. <laughs> I just want to see you try and justify, like, your choice of whatever the most overrated movie is. And all I have to say is, well, what about Borat? <laughs> and just watch you rethink your entire thought process. <laughs> oh, I've got the trailer for Borat playing on this IMDb page when I'm looking at Brian De Palma's back catalogue. It's, uh, I've tried, I've started watching the Borat movie again and again and again, and I'm just not getting through it. I think I watched the first one years ago, back in high school, but the only clip that I've seen of the second one is when uh, he does the... He does the speech at a Trump rally, and they all start you know, trying to break the doors down his trailer. And he's doing a character. Then, as soon as he gets into the, I think it's an ambulance or something, he jumps into. He immediately drops character because he can hear Sasha Baron Cohen's English accent mm-hmm. coming out. Just drive, fucking drive. I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> yeah, if that's what the film's going to be like, I'm just going to avoid this one. No, it was uh, the the intro for it's pretty good. They do a good job of explaining why Borat hasn't been around for the last ten years. And then explaining that even though he hasn't been around for the last 10 years, he's still famous in America. So when he shows up as Borat, there's people recognizing him. So he, he does have to adopt more uh, more uh, costumes and more characters to get by in everyday uh, life. But he does run into some people. There's, it seems a lot more staged than the first one. I think the first one could generally have been all guerrilla filmmaking. Um, and just saying, oh, we're doing a documentary with a, a journalist from Kazakhstan who's explaining the American experience. You know, that could actually be the setup for them filming a lot of their stuff. But with this one, like, they've clearly had to, like, put things together uh, and stitch things together for, uh, like, to make the, the narrative flow. And it's not working as well as the last one did. Yeah, I think with the first one, not many people in America knew who the hell Sacha Baron Cohen was. There was probably a handful because they, there was episodes... Uh, in America, but I think we could get away with just filming shit on the fly. Mm. Now everyone knows who the fuck that guy is. Yeah, and uh, I, I think it would have been uh, it would have been better if he'd been producing someone else doing the same shtick. Like if he had decided to just find the next, uh, the next Borat and then do that. But I guess he can't really sell that, and I reckon he's probably tried to do that uh, with previous shows and stuff, and he said, look, I'll executive produce it, I'll make it as funny as Borat, but I can't do it myself, because everyone knows my characters. I think that that would be a good thing to do, but at the same time, you got to realise that he knows, he's got a certain bit of celebrity about him, so if he goes too far, he can just say, look, it's me, calm down. Mm. He can probably defuse that situation. Can you imagine a relative newbie coming into that role, just being the new Borat, and all of a sudden, 
like say, oh, I'm a Sasha Baron Cohen's understudy. Be like, yeah, sure, what the fuck ever, bang. <laughs> yeah, and actually, to be fair, with uh, his skill at this character, at being able to read scenes and improvise off of what's going on, I generally don't think there's that many who could do it as well as him. Nah, not many. Maybe like a even, even if you see like the guys who are professional improvised guys, like yeah, whose line is it anyway? Ah, uh, I think they'd struggle. Yeah, probably. All right, we're going to the showstopper then. So, um, every now and again, something really strange crosses the desk, and this only happened yesterday afternoon, uh, just before we started streaming, and uh, I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about uh, Milan Otan. So, Milan Otan, or Milan Otan, depending on how you pronounce it, is a vitamin, or a supplement that's sold illegally um, through various places, um, and it's illegal because no one has been willing to verify that it actually works and no one has any particular interest in uh, selling it outside of people who want to make themselves tanned. So, uh, quick note by the way, uh, melanotan is not the same as melatonin, which is a drug used to in, uh, like encourage sleep. Um, it is slightly different. Uh, the spelling is just M-E-L-A-N-O-T-A-N. And... Uh, this was originally just kind of like a lab-made chemical. They were trying to use it to treat skin conditions. And then they started finding the weird uh, side effects that it had, including, for some reason, it helps with erectile dysfunction in men. Uh, only in certain cases, though. Uh, but it was originally used for a bunch of skin conditions as a way to just try and uh, improve the quality of the skin. And a side effect it had was that it would make you tan, for some reason. Like, it would actively encourage tanning in the area. Um, and it would actually just spread throughout the body and encourage an overall improvement in tanning. Um, the argument then became that it should be used to encourage tanning with the use of like tanning beds at lower time, uh, lower time exposures. So rather than going for, say, 15 minutes a day, you could go in for two minutes if you're injecting yourself with uh, melanotan. Only thing is, it never really cleared any uh, like drug uh, approval boards anywhere in the world. And it's, it's just, just not approved by you know, any medical regulatory board. But they, no. they just died. They thought, fuck it, who needs that? Yeah. Um, only thing is, as soon as you tell people, hey, you can get a quick and easy tan, people start to really flock to it. It's a really weird thing. Um, and people have been taking it, despite the uh, uh, the fact that it's been regarded as being possibly unsafe uh, when being used as a shot, because um, it has to be injected directly under the skin. Uh, it can cause nausea, stomach cramps, uh, a decreased appetite, f- uh, flush, uh, flushing, which is like the like rush of blood to the skin and then back again. Uh, tiredness, yawning, darkened skin is put down as one side effects, and I was like, that's why I want it. Um, and then spontaneous erections of the penis, and as well as some other side effects. This is at the point where, like, when you find people who are using it, it's almost always in bodybuilding communities. Um, people who want to naturally tanned and athletic and fit without actually putting in the work of going outside. Um, so it's quite popular there. And everyone has the same stories of the horrific stomach cramps and the nausea to the point of being unable to eat food for days on end during like the start of a cycle. The idea is that you take a very small amount, like 25 milligrams, and just build and build and build and build to the point of taking in like a whole 2 milliliters uh, in some cases. But at that point, you'll be pretty severely tanned and for the most part it's just people who want a certain look and a certain uh, aesthetic 
That was until I found Nuka Zeus. Nuka Zeus is a black man who has been injecting himself with uh, Melanotan because he was born a white man. I shit you not, we have chemical blackface in 2020. <laughs> I found this guy randomly on YouTube. Um, someone posted the link to something and mentioned him uh, on a chat or on a like live stream I was watching and mentioned the fact that he's injecting himself to become black. And I was like, no way. Doing some digging and yes, uh, you can find Nuka Zeus on YouTube documenting his transformation. Uh, over the course of the first 50 days of his injections, he has darkened his skin dramatically um, and has begun to basically believe in himself as a black man and start to portray himself as such. And it turns out he basically grew up in a predominantly black neighbourhood, was considered friends with a bunch of black people, uh, never really thought much about race until he was much older, but always just thought of himself as part of the black community and just never... Uh, saw that in himself in the mirror so he decided to start uh, darkening his skin with chemical injections and uh yeah it's the story gets unfortunately a lot worse i won't actually go into all the details uh, i'd actually refer people to uh, a character a youtube uh, personality called pay money wubby uh, we actually have talked or i think we've actually shared a video about him before uh, he's friends with gus johnson um but you can find uh, his 15 minute interview with uh, Nuka Zeus, where he goes into describing his life, describing his upbringing and what he's doing now, uh, how people in the black community have responded to him, how he sees himself, uh, the fact that he has Kill Whitey tattooed in his arm and uh, Black Power tattooed on his other arm. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot going on with this man's life and I don't think all of it is entirely sane. For someone who is genetically white. <laughs> yeah. Kill Whiteys is a bold statement, isn't it? Yeah. It's, uh... He's a very interesting guy, and he's very, obviously, mentally unwell. Um, I think you can find these videos as well. I think his YouTube channel is still up at the time of recording. Who knows how long that'll last, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. A big fan of his high-energy theory, in which he posits the idea that... He says, I'm going to base this on the idea of water. So think about it. Humans are 70% water, right? So how many humans do we have to make before we run out of water on the planet? And I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> we found a companion to your we earlier found, story. We found the prophet. We found, found the chosen. Yeah. And his idea is, like, we have... He, his prophecy, his idea, is the idea that there's only a sustainable amount of energy. Going back to, like, the Big Bang, there's only so much matter in the universe, there's only so much energy, so much potential that can be unleashed. What happens if every time you reincarnate, because obviously you reincarnate, right? Uh, every time you reincarnate into another body, some of your body gets split. And you find these people in real life that go around with so much more energy. It's because they're a pure energy source. They've not split and divided themselves as many times through all these different lives. And they must now be walking around with a raw energy state that doesn't exist in many people because we've become so divided and so we've split ourselves up amongst the cosmos and I'm like how high are you? Just on, an, on a daily basis I like that this guy believes that planet earth is going to run out of water <laughs> Well when you're the type of person that injects yourselves to become black 
that's got to be like a certain type of brain. It's like, no, this I know what the solution is, and it's to darken my skin. Yeah. It's, Clearly, this guy's a, a higher thinker than you or I can even comprehend. I know we've been uh, we've been dwarfed by uh, the galaxy brain that is Nukazus. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's just that shut me up. <laughs> show stop. <laughs> uh, right. So that is the show hopper for today. And as uh, if you want to get in contact with the show, you can contact us on Twitter at Jibberfish, or you can email us jibberfishpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, you can. Uh, find myself at Iron Lord Mad on Twitter, or you can find Dom at uh, Dom Anderson twenty five. Uh, yep, and then I think I'll be it for the, us for the, a little while. Um, I'm moving house, so we'll see how it gets along with uh, recording the episodes, and then putting out this one. It should be the last thing you hear from us for maybe a couple of weeks. And uh, in the meantime, stay tuned to the Twitter to find out when we go live next time. And uh, yeah, until then, I've been Colin Graham want to keep up uh, sorry just to jump in before we wrap up if you want to keep up though obviously there's the episodes on podbean you can get us on spotify itunes a uh, whatever other podcast app you get i think we're on all of them uh if you want to check out the uh the stream that we did go to the badger and pals uh, twitch channel and you can watch me and colin play some left 4 dead 2 a uh, we've got a youtube channel jibberfish on youtube we didn't really have to fight for that username you can watch all the shit that we put out before this run of the podcast so yeah there's plenty Plenty to look at. Uh, plenty to look at before we come back in a couple of weeks with uh, some new shit. Yeah, and I've been at uh, Dom Anderson. I've been Colin Graham, and we've been talking gibberfish.